Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for NFL, college football, basketball, baseball, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And that was, of course, the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. We are doing the uh, power ranking. Mute. Let me unmute myself. We're in the power rankings after week one here. And uh, I guess my little short is back. I bought a new cord and it's back. So. Every once in a while, I'll get a mute, a little mute, enjoy it. Uh, but I rank the teams. I talked to Marcus about it. It's always interesting ranking the teams after week one because we have what we think going into the season. We have what we saw in week one. And then we also have kind of the reminder that we're going to get a stern reminder, I'm sure, this weekend that week one always has these anomaly games. So it's actually really tricky to rank the teams after week one. So I have a question for you before we get into this. Do you think this week one, your prediction, is this actually going to be pretty indicative of how the season goes totally off from how the season goes or about normal? What's your, uh, what's your thought? I think it's going to be totally different from what we see the rest of the season. Like you're just not going to see a lot of these quarterbacks play this bad. I actually saw a stat today that the overall passer ratings across the NFL, this was the lowest we've had in like 30 years. We just got really bad quarterback play in week one. We've got some defenses that are really, really good that are way ahead of the offenses. I think over the next month or so, you'll start to see things settle down a little bit. Let me just say this, man. Uh, First of all, I think it's cool. I don't care. Good. Let passer ratings go down. We've done enough to inflate stats for, so the fantasy crowd is happy. Um, But I don't think it's because of bad quarterback play. I think it's because defenses were lights out in week one. The 49ers defense was lights out. Cleveland's defense was, Cleveland's defense was the best of the week. The Cowboys defense was right there with Chargers were unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Actually, uh, uh, a sneaky good defensive performance. How about the Rams uh, yeah. against Seattle? Uh, who am I missing? Who? What are a couple of the others uh, that had good defensive games? I mean, the Jets played unbelievable yesterday. Oh, yeah. Great, great call. Uh, the Jets, a good defensive performance. You know, I'm going to give the Lions some credit here. 
I think they did a pretty good job uh, against the best quarterback in the league. Were they phenomenal? No. Did they let some receivers run wide open at times? Yeah. But, hey, man, it's tough going in to play Kansas City on kickoff night. So let's give the Lions a little credit. And I think we should give Green Bay some credit uh, as well. Their defense played really, really well. It's easy to say, well, Justin Fields played bad. Um, But I think the Packers deserve some credit there. But to me, I think Cleveland had the number one defensive performance of the week. Would Joe Burrow finish with like 84 yards? (laughs) Yeah. It's Joe Burrow. I mean, granted, the Cowboys were unbelievable, but I don't know if the Cowboys could have done that to Joe Burrow. Maybe maybe they could have because last year the Cowboys-Bengals game was pretty low scoring. But enough about that. Let's get into the power rankings. Marcus built this beautiful board. Check it out. Oh, there. I love the I love the Texans one the cutout. It's my favorite, I think. On <laughs> the whole group. Really hard to find a you know a picture of the Texans with just a little helmet like that. I know. You know, it stinks having to put the Texans back at 32. I thought for sure I wasn't gonna have to do this all year. Uh not a great game against Baltimore. Baltimore had a significant injury. Houston really didn't do much in this game. I think they got beat tw- what's like 25 to 9 or something yeah. like that. Um and honestly, Arizona was much more game. So I have Arizona at 31, even though Arizona probably is the worst personnel in the league at this point, uh, especially with their quarterback situation. The Cardinals almost got a road win uh, against Washington. Any problem with this? No, I think Arizona's a safe bet to finish at number 32, but Houston just looks so bad on offense, and it, it shouldn't be unexpected with all the injuries they have on the offensive line. A couple NFC hopefuls uh, with young quarterbacks have got at 30 and 29. The Bears, maybe the most disappointing week one team to me. They were absolutely awful. The Packers are their Super Bowl, and it was at their place, and they were awful. And then Carolina, obviously, uh, playing with some young guys and playing with a young quarterback. Uh, They got handled by Atlanta, but I thought Carolina was much more game uh, just like I said with Arizona, than Chicago was. Yeah, Carolina's defense is going to keep them in a lot of games, just like it did on Sunday. Like the, It really wasn't because the defense gave up a lot of points or anything like that. I think they'll be going to be fine. Uh, interesting group of three teams here. Broncos at 28, Colts at 27, Steelers at 26. You could probably, probably jumble these around. I think Pittsburgh had the highest expectations of this group. But I don't know that the Colts aren't the best team out of it. Uh, Anthony Richardson, we still you know, have a lot to learn with him. But they were beating the Jags uh, late. The Steelers got absolutely hammered. So I'm giving Pittsburgh the nod here on their roster. And then the Broncos, I think there's a lot of expectation for Sean Payton to turn Russell Wilson's game around. But didn't really see that in week no. one against a Raiders defense that's meh. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, any issues here at uh, 26 through 28? I probably wouldn't have ranked Pittsburgh this low. I, I still like their talent. I still think they're going to get to nine-ish wins this year. I think they're the most talented of this group, but you're right. That was a pretty ugly loss against a team that was just clearly better than them. I think the issue here uh, regarding you know Pittsburgh is that you're without Cam Hayward. You're without Deontay Johnson. Your your quarterback didn't really do anything. And at this point, the catalog is getting a little bit thicker Uh, for Kenny Pickett, and you're still not seeing it. That's why they're this low. And Washington, who I have at 25, if you're following along here uh, via video uh, on Believe, you know, I get it. They beat the Cardinals at home. But when you have a young quarterback who's making his first start against ones, what can we call the Cardinals? 22 ones? One and a half. Uh, Yeah, they're one and a halves. 
But you come back and you get a win at home. You know, uh, you've got to give that a little bit of credit. I do think the personnel around Sam Howell isn't all that bad. Washington might end up being a team that goes eight and nine this year and makes a little noise for the seventh spot uh, in the NFC wildcard race, although I don't think they're going to get there. Let's look at the next group of teams. Yeah, golly. Okay, so 24 and 23. <laughs> I love that man. reaction because that just uh, describes this group of teams so well. I mean, dude. Uh, Seattle and New York were just so disappointing. You're talking about two playoff teams, uh, you know, from last year. What are we Which thinking? one are you worried the most about? I got to say the Giants. I mean, Seattle stunk it up at home against the Rams, which is concerning. At least the Giants played a good team, but the Giants couldn't get anything going offensively. They could not protect Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was getting hammered. Late in the game. I don't remember who it was who blatantly went off sides. I think it was Sam, Sam Williams. Williams. And yeah. then pounded Daniel Jones. And, dude, it's already 40 to nothing with, like, what, maybe seven minutes in the game. I, I'm sitting there going, Brian Dable, I love you, but why are you doing this to your yep. guy? You know, it, I get teaching your team a lesson. Leave them out there and let them feel this, but not if your quarterback literally is taking hit after hit after hit. Yeah, that was tough. I'll probably go Seattle here just because I trust their passing game a little bit more, but they lost both tackles due to an injury. They signed Jason Peters on uh, Tuesday. <laughs> I don't feel great about either of them coming out of week one, even though, you know, these are two teams that I did like going into the season. You know, the Los Angeles Rams at 22, uh, I thought their defensive line played really well around Aaron Donald. They got a lot of pressure. Matt Stafford had one of the sneaky Sneaky great wins of uh, week one, great performances of Was week he the one. Best I quarterback say. of week one. Mm. Who played better than him in week one? You're you're not you're you're not going to like my answer. Brock Purdy. It's our sixteenth team. No, I yeah. I think Baker Mayfield did. Oh, I don't know if he played. Baker played well. I don't think he played better than Matt Stafford. Well, let's put it this way. Baker made some really nice throws. He did. But I, I think Stafford was just more, ran that offense very efficiently and made the plays that he needed to make. Baker, I think, made more splash throws. So that's fine. I can go with Matt Stafford here. Yeah. Uh, can we do that for Jimmy Garoppolo? Where do, where do we put Jimmy Garoppolo's performance for our 21st ranked Las Vegas Raiders? Very competent, which is exactly what the Raiders need. The only he made one mistake the whole game. He threw in a double coverage in the red zone. Other than that, pretty much flawless, which is exactly what the Raiders need to be competitive. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I kind of disparaged their defense earlier, but you know, honestly, their defense played pretty well uh, against the Broncos. So give them credit. Uh, Minnesota, maybe one of the most dis- not maybe definitely one of the yeah. more disappointing week one performances. Uh, Baker Mayfield kind of shredded them at points in this game. This was not a game they were expecting to lose. Meanwhile, Atlanta opened up at home. They got a big win. They're my 19th ranked team. Ditto New Orleans, my 17th ranked team. They open up a win over my 18th ranked Tennessee Titans, who barring a terrible performance from Ryan Tannehill probably should have won that game. So Minnesota at 20. I got Atlanta at 19, Tennessee at 18, New Orleans at 17. Of this group of four, what's the team that's most likely to to kind of shoot up the rankings? Is it automatically Minnesota because we thought they were better, or is it maybe Atlanta? I just have a hard time believing Atlanta is going to get a lot higher than this because I just don't trust the quarterback situation. Like if you gave Atlanta 
uh, Derek Carr, the you know the number seventeen ranked team's quarterback. I think they could be a top ten team, but I, I just don't trust Ritter at all. I'll go with the Titans just because I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to play that bad the rest of the season. And I love Mike Rabel, but I don't feel great about any of these four teams after week one, to be honest. Yeah, I I don't either, but I think Tennessee is the team for me because we always talk about the NFC South and how weak it is. And right now, New Orleans uh, at 17 is my second highest ranked NFC South team. But New Orleans really got a lot of help from Tennessee to win that game. And when we talk about NFC South being a weak division, you know, the AFC South is a weak division. There's no reason Tennessee can't end up competing in that division. That said, I want to give Derek Carr uh, a lot of credit for his performance late, really made a really nice throw uh, on a fly route. I don't know if you saw it, Marcus, uh, to set the Saints up. And also uh, shout out to the Falcons running game. I think it was Rashid Shahid, I believe. It was who he hit down the field. All right, quit bragging. All right, let's go to the uh, next next group of teams. Whoa, whoa. That's all right. You always do that. I love, love, love some of the helmets on this chart. <laughs> I think you just purposely right put your favorite helmets in this one so you can talk about oh, it. The Bucks, man. So the Bucks at 16, I thought Baker did a heck of a job. No, I, I don't really see a lot of people talking about Tampa Bay, and I understand why. I feel like this is the one game that kind of flew under the radar with everything else that happened on Sunday. This was an upset. I mean, this was a certifiable upset and new England almost did the same thing. My 15th ranked team in uh, upending Philadelphia, they could have won that game. I don't know how many different ways, but uh, that's 16 and 15. I think new England is going to be a really good team that finishes with like six wins or seven wins this year because their defense is outstanding. Mac Jones looks like rookie Mac Jones throwing the ball down the field. He was really accurate in this game. It was his receivers that let him down. Kayshawn Booty had two catches on the sideline where he got his first foot down and bounce and didn't even bother trying to get the second one down, which ultimately cost them the game. I just, I don't know how many of these games the Patriots are going to win because they're going to be so outclassed talent wise compared to everybody else on their schedule. Well, they play the NFC East this year. They can beat Washington. They can beat the Giants. And honestly, the Cowboys have such a hard time beating the Patriots ever. Yeah. Uh, so everything always seems to go wrong. Be I wouldn't be surprised. Fight. Yes. Uh, I tell you what, the Jets got themselves into a fight last night. A little ironic that we have the Jets and the Packers here back to back. But the uh, Jets at 14, obviously they lose Aaron Rodgers. But that defense is so good, and man, I was so impressed with those running backs. And anybody who thinks that Dalvin Cook is washed, you are so wrong. Uh, he looked explosive to me. I don't know what to do with the Jets. I, I could see them fighting and being like a really competitive eight to nine win team, and maybe sneaking into the playoffs. But I could also just see them kind of falling flat on their face once everybody realizes, like. It's Zach Wilson again at quarterback, which makes me think they've got to go out and make a move. We've, we've, you and I talked about this yesterday. A whole bunch of, uh, you know, guys that could go after. I, to me, the guy I want to see them go after is like Jacoby Brissett because I think mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. I think he's a C plus quarterback, and that's what the Jets need to get to the playoffs. If they have a C plus at quarterback, they're going to be fine. Yeah, you know, interesting uh, talking about quarterback Green Bay at 13. Obviously, Jordan Love, a lot of talk about him. They had a pretty easy time, and Jordan Love really didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot in that game uh, because the Bears couldn't get out of their own way offensively. And then Jacksonville at 12 with their own young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. I think both of of these teams, you can make the case I have them too high. 
Uh, Jacksonville really dilly dallied with the Colts. I just said, as much as I like Jacksonville, I still don't know if this is the right spot for them. And Green Bay, this is a leap of faith because they were so dominating in week one. And that, that's where we get into this, this hard part of how much stock do we put in a week one blowout? Not a lot, especially division games. Because like we saw last year, Minnesota killed Green Bay in week one. And yeah, Minnesota went on to be a 13-win team, but it was very fraudulent, right? Division mm-hmm. games can be weird. And I'm not overreacting, but you have a hard time putting anybody ahead of the Packers, such as the Patriots or the Jets or the Bucks. Right. So uh, Green Bay, so just to recap here, we got Tampa at 16, New England at 15. I got the Jets at 14, Green Bay at 13, and the Jags, uh, who outlasted the Colts and Gardner Minshew at the end there um, at number 12. Number 11 is kind of a faith ranking here. Um, Hard to find a team that got throttled more than the Bengals. And, And the score wasn't 40 to nothing like Cowboys Giants. But it was a 24 to three shellacking that never felt like Cincinnati was going to get out of neutral. I don't know how much of this game you were able to see, Mm -hmm. but it was just a completely dominating performance by Jim Schwartz's uh, unit. We'll get to Cleveland in a second from the Cincinnati side. Am I showing too much faith keeping Joe Burrow and the boys at 11 here? I don't think so. It just shows you how much we respect Joe Burrow, that he can have this type of game where he puts up 84 yards. And we're not saying, should we be worried about Joe Burrow? Should we be worried about this offense? I think everybody just collectively is like, you know what? They're going to be fine. Burrow's going to figure it out. Just be patient. I I think they have some flaws. Their offensive line it, it just did not look good in this game. Maybe that's because of your number nine ranked team. But I think they're going to be they're going to be just fine once we get out of September. All right, so let's close out the AFC North here. I've got Baltimore and Cleveland back-to-back. So I've got Cincinnati at 11, Baltimore at 10, Cleveland at 9. Uh, Baltimore, it's it's hard to gauge this team. Uh, number one, they played my 32, 32nd-ranked team, and they played them at home. They had a big injury with Dobbins, but they have shown time and time again that they can recover from these kinds of injuries, and a lot of running backs have been successful in Baltimore. I don't want to belittle Dobbins at all. I'm just saying I think that there's an opportunity for them to do some plugging and playing as long as Lamar Jackson uh, is healthy. I think the question is, do you trust the Ravens secondary when they have to play Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, uh, these quality, these caliber players? I didn't trust them going into week one. And now I really don't trust them that Marcus Williams, their pro bowl safety might miss the entire season with a pec injury. He -hmm. was a huge part of that secondary because he's able to cover up kind of some of these corners and all these downfield passes. I think that the secondary is going to end up being the thing that does the Ravens in this year. Can they handle Baker Mayfield? Yeah, it will be fine. Can they handle Josh Dobbs? I'll be fine. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, Cleveland at number nine. So uh, if you didn't see any of this game, it was played in kind of a misty, half-raining, half-boggy style game. The game literally looked like something out of the Two Towers. Uh, Marcus has never seen that movie. That's Lord of the Rings. When they went to Mordor. Every every part of Cleveland's defense played well. Every level. The pass rush played well. They made tackles in the run game. Um, The secondary played Freaking awesome. Ward played great against Chase. And then the Browns have a running game. Chubb got over 100 yards rushing. And yet you're saying, okay, well, if they're so good, why are they number nine? Because I still have not seen anything out of this passing game. 
And at some point, you're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. I will believe in this Cleveland team if they can beat Pittsburgh next week in Pittsburgh on a Monday night football game at Heinz Field because that's just that's an environment where they've lost over and over and over again. If you can win that game, I'll start to really think, hey, this is a team that could be a serious contender in the AFC. Well, speaking of the Steelers, let's talk about the Steelers as we flip the screen here to our top eight. Oh, by the way, Pittsburgh's not there. (laughs) They're 26. That just warms my heart when you say that. Yeah, I did that for all the uh, Steeler fans. Uncle Scott, that's uh, listening in his Frank Pollard jersey right now. Uh, Yeah, man, just just turn it off. Turn it off. Uh, (laughs) Buffalo at number eight. I tell you what, I said this to you last night. I'm sticking by it. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. Can you be a great player and still be overrated? Yes. Yes. Josh Allen is overrated. I, I don't, is there any, is it, is that even an, an arguable statement right now? And I'm, I'm not overreacting to one game. How many times did you and I talk about it this off season that this carelessness with the ball it hurts the team. I get it. They wouldn't be where they are without him. That's obvious. No one needs to remind me of that. But Marcus, they should have won that game. Yeah. I, without his uh, flippant, is that the right word? Sure. Is he being flippant about his ball placement? I mean, he they really need somebody like Brian Dable to like rein him in a little bit, not completely take away all of his aggressiveness and all the things that make him great, but some of these rocket balls that are 70 yards down the field after he's scrambling and they're throwing into double coverage, like there's just no need for that. They've got a really good defense, and especially like in that game, when you know that Zach Wilson's on the other side and it's not Aaron Rodgers, like there's just no reason to no. try to force anything. Just run. If you have to punt, you've got to punt, which have a better punt, Buffalo. But you know what I mean? Like, just rely on your defense and don't try to be Superman on every single play. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. What he needs is a Brian Dable that'll put him out there in the middle of the fourth quarter down 40 nothing. Let him get, get absolutely crushed, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Maybe that's a bad example. Really, yeah, really do it. Uh Going outside of this, uh, there are aspects of Buffalo I still like. I think the defense still did a good job last night. Yes, they played Zach Wilson. The Garrett Wilson touchdown was a unbelievable and unbelievable uh, catch uh, on great coverage. Was that against uh, Tredavious White, I think? Uh, Yeah, in the end zone. But uh, too much on Buffalo. Let's go to number seven, Detroit Lions. Kicking it back to uh, last Thursday night. The secondary worries me big time. those guys now I know they were playing some some ancillary parts there, but just like it looked like there was disorganization in their zones. Like they did some of the guys did not know where they were supposed to be. There's no reason receivers of the caliber Kansas City has, and that's not a compliment, should be running that wide open. The Lions did get bailed out a little bit by drops. That said, they also made some really big plays. I love the way they grinded out. Uh I love Aiden Hutchinson not only having to create pass rush, but go against a tackle who's literally cheating on every play. Um, yeah. What do we think about the lions? Good. I wasn't super impressed with their offense though. That's the one thing I think that needs to be cleaned up. You played Kansas city without Chris Jones and you really put together two touchdown drives. And that was basically it. I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more of Jameer Gibbs in the upcoming weeks. 
You know, Jameer Gibbs didn't say anything to me, nor did Jared Goff, but David Montgomery uh, called me and said he speaks highly of uh, your work. All right, let's talk about the Chargers at number six. This might be high. Um, The one thing that stuck out for me from this game, I watched every play of this game. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack did not get anything done against Miami's line. And what was the big concern that you had about Miami's line coming into the game? The tackles being hurt. And Bosa and Mack did nothing. Nothing. They had Kendall Lamb playing left tackle, who was a former guard that's really like a journeyman player. And they had Austin Jackson, a former first-round pick, who was on the verge of being just outright cut uh, because he's been so bad. And those two, Bosa and Mack, had a combined zero pressures against the Dolphins. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, Some big throws from Justin Herbert in this game. There was a a grounding call late in the game that affected it. But you know what? Miami went in there and beat them. By the way, Miami is my number five team. Good segue there. The thing about Tua, you know, I've, I've talked to you and I've always have Tua kind of under, under the, the Jalen Hurts's and the Trevor Lawrence's and the Dak Prescott's of the world. But I've never seen any of those three quarterbacks play the way Tua did against the Chargers. Like I've never seen any of those quarterbacks make the kind of throws that Tua made. Tua made a throw to Tyreek Hill in the end zone, short throw, it was about eight yards, that literally you couldn't have handed the ball to the guy any better. He is he, is he the streakiest quarterback yes. in the league? Wasn't even his best throw in the drive. Uh, a couple of plays before that, uh, my, I mean, or excuse me, the Chargers did get some pressure. He stepped up in the pocket, threw the ball 50 yards down the field in double coverage to Tyreek Hill on an absolute perfect throw where Tyreek tracked it over his shoulder the whole time. He's just one of these quarterbacks. It's like an, a, you know, a basketball player that just gets really hot from three-point range, and then they just can't miss. That's Tua. It's unbelievable. He also had a nice 45-yard throw to Tyreek Hill in the end zone where Tyreek Hill had about five steps on the on the defender. Yeah. Uh, Waddle, by the way, Jalen Waddle had some big plays in this game as well. Tua ended up throwing for, I want to say, like 456. Or, 466. See. For, yeah, geez Louise, man. Uh, either way, I've always had them behind the quarterbacks that I mentioned. I've just never seen them. The only guy in that kind of tier I have, I have seen Kirk Cousins play lights out before. He can be very streaky as well, but his MVP race is not going well. Really right quickly, now. who's like the most streaky yeah. NFL quarterback that's not a, like a superstar that you can remember? I've got one off the top of my head. Go for it. Kerry Collins. Kerry Collins got hot. You couldn't stop him. Oh, yeah. Hey, from like 2000 to 2002, he might have been the – most effective quarterback in the NFC when Kurt Warner was hurt. Um, I'm going to give you an older one, a guy named Dave Craig, played for Seattle, mm-hmm. played for Kansas City, kind of went around the league. But when Dave Craig got hot, uh, he, there was no stopping him. When Dave Craig was cold, it was terrible. He set an NFL record for fumbles. Uh, let's go on that note to the uh, bat and clean up Kansas City. Uh, odd flex maybe here, having Kansas City, Marcus, at number four after an opening night loss. Um Give me the pro and con of this pick. Uh, the reason they should be here and the reason they should. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you've heard of before. Andy Reid. And <laughs> Great. They get, they're Great getting reason. back. Yeah, they're getting back Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. Like, they're going to be fine. Now, the only thing that would concern me a little bit is Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. And they don't, I don't know if they have another receiver that can re- reliably catch a five-yard pass. That seems like an issue. Yeah, but who did they miss on Thursday night besides was- the – Travis no, besides Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and besides Chris Jones, oh, Juju. they missed Juju. Yeah, they, yeah, really did. they missed. And they have this X factor, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, that's a big deal. 
I love that you start with that. Okay, here's the cool thing. So uh, Marcus and I were talking last night after Monday Night Football, and he goes, man, uh, I love talking about you like you're not here. Uh, he goes, I, I think you can legitimately say the best three teams in the league are NFC teams, and that's yeah. not really what we were expecting. And I, there's no argument for me now. You may have a difference in the order. Let's go the top three. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. That's who I have at three. Um, this is 5% because the defense was unbelievable. 95% the blue pants. Uh, <laughs> what I loved about the team the other night was the role players making a lot of plays. We saw Trayvon Diggs have the the two forced fumbles, obviously Micah Parsons, but there were a lot of other guys. I mentioned to you, Armstrong made some really clutch yeah. plays uh, for them. They, they got some clutch plays from their other members in the secondary. Um, just a great unit effort just unit effort yeah they've got like 20 guys and i'm not exaggerating like 20 guys on defense that they can play and they can mix and match just depending on the opponent they're really deep on defense and they've got a lot of stars that help between obviously parsons Diggs, gilmore demarcus lawrence leighton van resch they're loaded on that side of the ball yeah obviously we'll get into their matchup uh, with the jets next week but i think they they have got to run against the jets that's their way to victory i think okay uh philadelphia eagles like to see them run the ball uh more coming up they really could have lost this is a faith kind of like the Bengals at 11 putting philadelphia here after they could have lost that game however many different ways is a, a showing of faith in their their starters but uh would you still put them number one I would based on their personnel. Yeah. Because I I still love the offensive line. I think the defense will get better as year goes on. And I still think between if we're comparing Jalen hurts to Brock Purdy, Purdy played really well. I just trust Jalen hurts a little bit more in big games. That's fair. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, obviously the only team that we have left here. They are number one, Brock Purdy, I think answered a lot of questions against Pittsburgh. The defense was absolutely outstanding. The off-the-ball linebackers were outstanding against Pittsburgh. Christian McCaffrey had some big runs. If you watch the highlight of Christian McCaffrey, uh, look at the receivers blocking downfield. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod and Brandon Ayuk, just awesome 1940s football there. It was so cool. Um, I love the way the team played. I Also, by the way, sneaky good uni matchup. So, Uncle Scott, if you're still listening, I will give you that. This was a good uni matchup. Um, 49ers, I think based on the way they played and their personnel, uh, they're number one. Would you, if if you think Philadelphia is number one, would you have Dallas over the 49ers at two? No, I, I'd still have the 49ers at two because I think 49ers defense is just as good as Dallas. Uh, and their offense is just a little bit my, more diverse what they can do with the running game and George Kittle and Debo Samuel, who really didn't even do a lot in this game. It was Brandon Ayuk who seems like he's taking the next step. Uh, both of these teams are fantastic, but I would still lean San Fran. All right. I've got a guided last thought for you here. I got a question yeah. for you to end the podcast on of these eight. Uh, so I got Buffalo at eight, Detroit at seven, Los Angeles chargers at six, Miami at five, Kansas city at four, Dallas at three, Philadelphia at two, San Francisco at one. Who's the most likely to bounce right up on out of here? Oh, probably Detroit, right? Because I still have questions about their offense and their consistency. I think when you rank the quarterbacks on this list, Jared Goff probably is at seven or eight. Um, And I still don't trust that secondary at all. I think that secondary can get really exposed, but that's not to say that Detroit's not still a really good team. 
I still I, I still see some good throws from Goff and boy if Gibbs kind of keeps developing with his explosiveness and Montgomery gives him that inside force, uh, you know, maybe they don't need Goff to throw for forty six hundred no. yards and thirty four touchdowns. Uh, but so much is going to be dependent on that secondary. I think Marcus playing better. But uh, that being said, we're going to get on out of here. We're going to we got the picks coming up. Uh, tomorrow, if you want more coverage on the Cowboys win over the Giants or the Raiders win over the Broncos, check out Marcus's work for Locked On Cowboys and USA Today Raiders Wire. Uh, if you want some dynasty talk, I don't know why you want to talk dynasty in week one. This isn't much of a plug for your dynasty podcast, is it? I don't know why you want to listen to how it impacts Garrett Wilson. Oh, we got lots of stuff right. we're talking about over there. Uh, Marcus also writing for the 33rd team this year. So check out his work over there. I'm teasing. Uh, definitely listen to the dynasty podcast. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We thank the good folks at believe. And of course, thank you bet online for sponsoring our, our little podcast that could, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.